0: Hey, welcome to one 8 podcast. My name is Nick. Um, I'm a student. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just all over. Okay. Uh, yeah.
1: So uh, my name is Paul, and uh, I've been a volunteer with Scouts Canada for 14, 13 years, specifically with this group. And our, our group, our rover crew, as I call it, uh, is focused on the uh, 18 to 26-year-old age group that not a lot of people, I think, generally know in, that exists in scouting that it goes, in Canada anyways, it goes all the way to the age of 26 years old. I've been doing this for a long time. I've been volunteering for a long time uh, in my professional day job. You know, I've been in banking, I've been in consulting, and uh, currently I'm in healthcare and doing a lot of things with analytics, doing a lot of things with technology and transformation and innovation. And, and I think that's partly the reason why I've I've really tried to, to help our group use some of these modern tools because, um, I we're going to go through kind of why this podcast exists in more detail. One of the big reasons is to, to promote innovation, even though podcasts are kind of, you know, kind of regular day to day product now, right? Nick, don't you think like it's, it's, it's been around for a long time. It's nothing new, but it might be new to some people.
0: Definitely. Definitely agree with that. I mean, it's always been there and I feel like it's, it has to, you know, existed and grow for you know throughout time because you can connect with the person, right? You you don't need to know how they look, right? You but you can feel that connection and chemistry growing to you know their words, their pace, the tone of speech and everything.
1: Yeah. So some something that I ask myself, if something is kind of not old, but like kind of mainstream, is do your parents know about it? And that used to be more applicable maybe when I was younger. Because now I'm teaching my parents a lot of these things, but let me ask you this, Nick: Does your do your parents listen to podcasts? Do they even know what they are and you know, what's the purpose of them?
0: Not really. Uh, maybe I can say that you know they're from Vietnam, the country where this type of publication, type of platform does public, not public exist. Speech, popular, yeah, yeah. It's not popular it's not really popular. But I would say you know, no, yeah, it's it's gonna be really new to them. And to a lot of people in my country as well. So,
1: yeah. So I don't think it's quite mainstream. I don't think my parents are, are on podcasts, but they do want. Actually, you know what? They do watch YouTube of of people, with, you know, more opinion pieces and less uh, cable TV. Um, but you know, I think it's still something that's that's still growing, uh, and there's a lot of opportunity for for our group to leverage this medium. Um, so going going back to to why we started this, right? Like, you know, we don't. I don't think we want to talk about the reason. Scouting exists with the scouting movement itself. Um, But what we do want to mention is that the reason why I'm here and why Nick is here is because I think this program fundamentally promotes youth development. So that's development as an individual, that's development as a better teammate, that's development as a better person, a citizen. Um, And for 100 years, that's kind of what we've taken away from it. Now, other people take other things away from it, and, and there's definitely different Groups and different beliefs uh, out there, but I think in Canada specifically, I think it's it's a very open and inclusive community that's just trying to promote helping young people achieve their potential. And uh, why that's important, I think I think for 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 many reasons. I mean, I, I put a list here before Nick and I got together and listed all these great achievements that were done by people that were under 30 years old. Right, so you know, the first man in space, Yuri Gagarin. He was 27 years old when he went to space. So that's only one year older than our graduate year in the crew. Uh, Einstein discovered relativity when he was in his 20s. He published his four papers, I think, on the subject uh, when he was 26 years old. Uh, Joan of Arc, I think, was 17 when she led her her first battle her victory. And, And the two youngest people, separated by only one month, to climb Everest were 13 years old. So, Nick, I don't know. Do you think you could have climbed Everest when you were 13 years old?
0: Definitely. No, I think I struggle. I've been in a really better shape nowadays, but back in the days, man, I, I was like pretty, really hard with like two level of stairs.
1: Yeah. Uh, just to mention their name is Malavath Perna. She's from India. She was the first female and a month older was a U.S. boy, I guess, uh, Jordan Romero, 13 years old. Crazy. And you know, okay, this is a funny side story. I, I wasn't really into hiking before I joined scouting. I was, like this was what 15 years ago, so I was 22 years old. Uh, so you guys get out there can do the math. But my very first hike was our first international project. My first like hike for more than two hours, like legitimate hike, was actually Mount Fuji. So we did this overnight hike. For some reason, we started at 7 p.m. because we wanted to see the sunrise. Um, by 22 years old, the night before, I kind of I was out in in uh, in Tokyo. Uh, a bit later than I should have been uh, and my first hike leg- legitimate hike was climbing Mount Fuji and it was very very difficult I brought all the wrong gear <laughs> and it was in the middle of the summer and I wore shorts but it was like almost 5 degrees on top of the mountain to see these people do at 13 years old is just incredible
0: I bet Mount Fuji is beautiful
1: hey. <laughs> It is beautiful at the very top, but you know what? It's it's very cloudy as well, so it's very hard to see uh, anything that day. That's that's the risk every time you go hiking, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's cloudy, it's it's kind of a hard hard to swallow when you can't get a good view. I mean, to add
0: on to that, my actual first hike uh, in Canada was done with a crew as well. It was actually on my birthday, right? We decided to climb Elfin Lake. It was a seven and a half hour, you know, climb uphill, tons of snow at the later half of the journey. You know, I went in handicap because I forgot my water bottle and my uh sunscreen and my lunch box on the counter at my house. But I reached the top um, out of breath, uh purple face, but I did make it. The scenery was really good, but you know what astonished me was no, like I, I made it. I did a seven and a half hour hike, whereas my most recent hike compared to that was like only like an hour, and it was like four years ago already, right? So, I gained like super achievement at that time. I feel I feel a like super achievement, super powerful at that time.
1: How did you feel? And I'm curious, how did you feel about doing that with the group of people you did it with?
0: They were amazing. Right. Uh, I mean, of course, I couldn't make it with, you know, Alvin was in the crew. Uh, he let me water bottles. Scout Karina lent me some bottles as well. Uh, the hummus and the vegetables brought by, you know, Scout Nick was amazing. I didn't know I enjoyed eating hummus <laughs> <laughs> until yeah. that time. Five hours in the journey, seeing that my walking stick was now functioning properly, uh, Gwen lent me her walking stick, and it helped you know to those kind of steep uh, trails. Yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel it's really helpful, dynamic, and we all support each other any way we can. Uh, we have laughter, pictures along the way. It's really fun. I guess the only thing missing out of those trails that the people in the group couldn't give me was a bear. I mean, I decided. I want to see a bear in real, in real you know real life in nature, but uh yes, yeah, it's just my luck, but yeah, the people's been
1: amazing yeah um so i this is this is actually a good 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 segue to just why we're doing this, right um that first hike I did was actually a big reason why I've been with the group and I've continued to volunteer in the group because like I told you, I was not as prepared as I should have been for this hike there were other people who had been scouting and doing hiking outdoors uh with with, you know since they were a lot younger for a long time so this was kind of my first time and um it was probably at the time the most physically grueling thing i did and some people stay on in the mountain like halfway and then they see the sunrise but we just decided to go you know we're young we're we had a lot of ambition and, you know, nothing can stop us at the time. So we just decided to keep on going five, six hours straight, you know, and we were sleep deprived because we had traveled the whole morning. We had, you know, some of us had gone out late that night, which we shouldn't have, but um, you know, we were young and we were in Japan, you know, and I almost didn't make it actually. I almost didn't make it. We were the very last steps. Um, we had waited there's, there's like 12 stations to get to, to the top of Mount Fuji. And we'd start at station five and we were at station 11. And between station 11 and station 12 was kind of like that last part of the gross grind, if you've done the gross grind, Nick. It was all uphill, just at the very top. And my legs just froze. They stopped working. Like I had no more oxygen in my legs. I, I could only literally move one leg every 30 seconds. But uh, Scouter Lester and Scouter Sophia, um, characters in our story that uh, you guys will maybe learn about later on, uh, they they stuck by me every step of the way, and they would not let me fail. They would not let me not get to the very top. And at that time, twenty two, twenty three years old, you know, I was I just joined this group of people. Some of them I met for the first time on this international trip across the world, like very first time, like literally. There was a person that I met at the airport, like for the first time going on this first eye project, like this international trip we did, and, and they wouldn't let me fail. And, and if I did fail and I didn't get to the top, you know, I would have been, you know, so regretful, right? Like you do all this hiking all night long, you missed the actual sunrise. Um, but uh, two people who, did, who barely knew me stood by me and, and wouldn't let me uh, give up on myself. And that memory is has stuck for me for for the last fifteen years. I don't know if you heard that before, Nick.
0: Oh, that's actually your first time. Thank you for telling.
1: That, that's when you hear about the Mount Fuji story that Scouter Paul tells. That's uh, that's 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 the one that really sticks to me. So, my alignment, you know, scouting represents different things to different people. I think we have to acknowledge that in all parts of the world, even locally, it means different things. But it's a movement it's not an organization it's not someone deciding that this is what it represents and that we all align to it it's a movement right you know it, it is what you make of it and the experience so that's what i made of the experience is that this program taught me a lot about my self-worth about determination about being part of a team and i think that's a that's always held me together when it, you know times have been tough personally and professionally um you know, even working with yeah, with young people and, and and having the patience because you know I definitely got a lot of patience uh, from those who are older and more experienced than me when I was uh, younger in the group.
0: Wow, I mean, I didn't expect to hear the story today, but you know, it's awesome that to hear that you have that such an experience and thoughts about uh, not just your Mafucci story, but the scary movement in general, right? Yeah, uh, I. I grew up in scouting in my country. It's of course, like you said, it's we did quite a few different things uh compared to here in Canada, but growing up i've I've always had these brothers of mine, right like um these older brother figures who who taught me like um how to behave, what to do, what's the correct way to do this, and all those kind of things that sometimes. Uh, in in a in a very humble way, I feel like i more mature compared to uh, my peers, right? In high school and everything. I don't think it's because of me as a genius, as a prodigy or someone like that. But I think it's because I was with these guys, right? Like mm-hmm. they experienced a lot of stuff. And, you know, they just always be so amazing to hang around. And they taught me things that they know they don't want me to. Make the same mistakes and everything, and that just that, that kind of subconsciously and indirectly make me uh, who I am today. Like like somehow in my subconscious mind, I I feel like I'm more ready to face what the words throwing at me because of you no know, of the time I spent with them, and that's why why I came to Canada and learned about this group. I want join it, and the experience might be a little bit different, but I still get that same chemistry in that. And that feelings, emotions, you know, where if I'm with these people, maybe today is not so bad. Maybe COVID's not so bad.
1: Yeah, and and you know, they say that you know you are basically the makeup of like the five people that you spend the most time with, right? Yeah, it's because you know, I think humans were very social people. You know, even during COVID, even working from home, and you know, I still love connecting with my coworkers. About different stuff too, not just from work point of view, because you need to have that social connection because their attitudes and their, you know, beliefs and values, they are reflective of your own. So if you're around people with good values, with a very open mind, with this kind of drive to be more successful and to work hard, I think that it makes a big difference in terms of who you are. You know, you're not just born to be someone who just a hardworking, you know, Um, diligent person that values all these good things like those are because of your parents those are because of your friends you know people you grew up with and and I think when you're at this age though you're more conscious about it you know what I mean yeah you agree with me right like when you're younger you kind of just listen to your parents and you, you kind of mimic who they are right and then if you're in the playground and someone does something and people laugh or cheer then you do the same thing if someone that's why bullying is such a big Deal, and I think I, I look at it now like it was such a big. Uh, I mean, I was bullied as a kid as well, right? And I I've, I've been a bully, right? I remember one kid. Maybe maybe we can add another story. Story time. I'm just mentioning because it, it was a very vivid memory, and you mentioned about being younger and, and the people around you making you who you are. This one kid made fun of me for bringing a hot dog for lunch. I was like grade two, I think. Okay. This is the first, like, I don't really share this with a lot of people. Any of the scouts, just, just you, Nick. Just you, me, and the mic. And talk to our listeners, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It, it, it didn't, you know, my mom was, you know, she was working uh, all the time. And, um, you know, we had someone get us home uh, and take care of us at home. So, you know, she did what she could. And, and you know, she made hot dogs. She's like, hot dog, you, you like hot dogs normally? So here's, here's a hot dog. And someone made fun of me for eating a hot dog. And I never wanted hot dogs for lunch ever again right it seems super silly but you know it's just a hot you know put some ketchup mustard bun and you know sausage that's all it is and i'm sure lots of kids today would gladly take hot dogs for lunch yeah but i mean
0: yeah of course
1: It it took one kid one kid to be mean to me about it and i don't think i ever had in high school or junior you know ever had a hot dog so, so the people around us, we, we, we get easily influenced as younger, but then as we get older, we're so conscious about the things that influence us, you know?
0: I don't know, but I totally didn't expect, you know, such thoughts and conversations coming from a hot dog, you know? <laughs> that to be, to be hot dogs, like, you know, Costco hot dogs, $2. My uh, go-to lunch back in my first year as an undergraduate, because, you know, I was broke, but more because I enjoyed that hot dog really, 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 really much. Yeah.
1: Anyways. Anyways. Let's yes. get back on track a little bit. So so we talked a little bit about why we think uh, having a podcast is important for our group, uh, a group that focuses on on leadership and development of young people aged 18 to um, but Within our group, you know, I think there's a couple of things that uh, Nick and I, you know, really wanted to uh, as a driving force for why we're doing this. Uh, if you're in metro vancouver and you're in this age group that we're supporting you know feel free to reach out to our instagram or um to us directly to learn more about our program and how you know we can build some of these um career skills personal skills by by connecting with you know some some pretty good people yeah um you know innovation you know i talked about that in my job and you know i think scouting as organ as a movement any nonprofit these days and any organization especially during covid we need to innovate the way we communicate and the way we brand ourselves and send our message out there, right? And the next thing, so I mentioned this in our pre brief uh, institutional memory. And this is something I picked up at work and, and just talks about any organization. Just sometimes there are things in the organization that can't be written down or aren't written down. So the institution itself needs to remember. And the best way to do that is having people be there for a long enough period of time to pass those stories on. And, you know, it's very informally done. But, you know, these days, if, if there's more turnover, um, so, so this is a great medium for us to interview people, talk to people who are connected to our program, but also talk to people outside our program and learn more about them uh, and having a record and as, as, as part of a fabric of our organization.
0: As for me, adding on to that, the crew is basically, you know, a sandbox opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. And we welcome people, uh, to train skills and test out and different projects that's more aligned to their interests as well. Because the crew is built on its member, you know, gathering all those things from the hot dog story, from from the mafuji story, from my hiking story, and everything. It's is that I want to reemphasize again that at the end of the day, we are all social creatures, right? Uh, we influence and be influenced by. The people close to us right and and that is why this crew is good because we share similar interests, similar goals of becoming better and everything, and we hold each other accountable for that,
1: yeah, it's an opportunity that um you know sometimes when you hang with your friends and hang with people you know uh or grew up with, you know you don't have a real purpose other than just be friends, right, just to have some people talk to and share your life with a little bit but I think in our group, what makes our friendships different is, um, you know, we're we're driven by purpose and we're driven by achieving something greater than ourselves. And you know, a lot of that sounds very altruistic. A lot of that sounds very um, idealistic. Um, But I think it's also practical in in some sense too, right? I think it makes it has made me a bit more of an understanding and patient person and uh, willing to work with others, right? And I think a lot of people who've gone through our program can say that, or maybe even learn the type of people they don't like to work with, <laughs> not just which the people is, they do like to work with, right? Which is also a good thing, by the way. Yeah, we just want to share some stories. We want to remember the good days from our group, because I think at one point our group was, you know, 150 people. Uh, not quite that many now, but um, we've got some great folks, um, part of our program. So Nick, uh, what can our listeners expect from uh, future episodes? Well, thank you for asking, Scott
0: of course. You know, my my way back there.
1: Uh let's just I talk could. casually. So, so Nick, what what can we expect? What what are some ideas that we have? Um ideas that you have that you you really wanted to tackle as okay. part of this project.
0: I want to, you know, interview our alumni or um, people who uh, in certain certain experts in certain views that I want to learn from or I want to improve at least those kind of life aspects in my life. Uh, You know, like maybe someone who's from a, a finance industry, in a skincare industry, right? Because I have to take care of my beauty and appearance. Um, but I guess the idea of the day is I want to learn from different experts from a lot various views. Uh, not just for myself, but you know, for our listeners, they can learn new things and apply them to their life just to make it better 0.1% every day.
1: Yeah, so uh, like I mentioned in the uh, explanation of why we're doing this, I think we have a lot of great stories in this group and this group that we've promoted to, to many different young people in the Metro Vancouver area. And uh, I think bringing in alumni to share their experiences when they were with our group and maybe outside And what they're doing today and some of the really cool, interesting things. Um, You know, we have an alumni who has started his own YouTube channel on finance. We'd like to bring in our our first Rover Crew president or the co-founder of the group. And he can share with our listeners and even our members, past and present, about the journey that the group was on when he started and where he is now. I think we have a lot of connections uh, to our group, uh, maybe full-time members, maybe um, members who had a cup of coffee with us that can share with us a little bit about their lives and what they do. And it's, it's about people, right? Like you said, we're social creatures. So this podcast is really about connecting young people to ideas and people, hopefully inspire them to make a change, inspire them to do something differently, to consciously kind of grow and think about growing. So we're hoping to get a lot of uh, different point of views, different interesting people that we know. And maybe people that we don't know. It'd be really cool to interview people that we have. Uh, cold call or reach out to and just say, hey, you sound like you're doing something interesting. Um, why don't you tell us about it, right? Yeah. Okay. Nick, I think your roommates uh, want to party some more. So yeah, thank you for listening. This podcast is a project created by her ATH Pacific Code scout group where we created
0: awesome leadership and management training program for 18 to 26 years old. If you want to learn more about us, check out our website and social media accounts. Link in the description.